Welcome to Folktales. I'm Dominic Zamet, director at Boat Folk, and throughout this series I'll be joined by a wealth of guests from the UK's boating community who will be sharing their stories of lives spent in, on or by the water. This is a podcast by Boat Folk for Boat Folk, and I hope you enjoy listening. Today we learn about the groundbreaking and high-profile project to bring wild oysters back into the water at Conway Marina. We join the Boat Folk team at Conway, who've been speaking with Maria Hayden-Hughes from the School of Ocean Sciences at Bangor University, and Celine Gamble from the Zoological Society of London, all about the project and what it will mean for the future of Conway Bay. Let's hear what they had to say. Thank you for doing this, by the way. Obviously, when we've seen each other, it's been a bit crazy. And obviously you were down here the other week and the media were here and everything like that. So it's nice to speak to you both properly. So yeah, if you just want to introduce yourselves really, who you are, what you do, that kind of thing. So my name's Maria Hayden-Hughes. I'm the local project officer for the Wild Oysters Project. Um, I'm based in the School of Ocean Sciences at Bangor University. And through my role is to engage with the local community, with school visits and volunteering um, events and monitoring the oyster nurseries that we've got in the marinas in Conway Bay. Thank you very much. Yeah, so um, my name is Celine Gamble. I'm a project manager for the Wild Oysters Project and I'm based at the Zoological Society of London, um, most commonly known for the two zoos that we have, but also it's an international conservation charity. um, And we've got the kind of amazing opportunity to be part of this national Wild Oysters Project that delivers sites in not only Conway Bay, but also Firth of Clyde in Scotland and also Tyne and Weir in the northeast of England. So kind of overseeing the development of all of those three sites. Cool. Thank you very much. And uh, on that, so... Obviously, I've seen you here in Conway. Have you done the other two sites yet or are they in progress? Or what's Exactly, that? yeah. So um, we delivered the Tyne and Weir site just the week before we were in Conway Bay. So I was there on the northeast coast putting in the same amount of oysters, so 1,300 oysters in underneath marina pontoons in Sunderland Marina and also the Port of Blythe. So it looks a little bit different to Conway Bay, but still lovely in its own right. So yeah, no, really exciting to to do it there as well yeah cool cool no it was amazing to see the whole operation and for people listening it's just been happening over the past kind of few weeks months really hasn't it it's um obviously covid played part a little bit and things like that but yeah it's been it's been great to see and it's obviously all the pros and cons which will come with it it's just amazing and yeah so kind of on the pros and cons so I'll just fly into one of the questions I've wrote down here. So so kind of what is the Wild Oyster Project? What, what will it bring? Yes, so the Wild Oyster Project is basically a collaborative project between the Zoological Society of London, the Blue Marine Foundation and British Marine, working to restore native oysters around the UK. And we've been awarded £1.18 million by the Postcode Dream Trust, which is a really exciting, huge amount of money to be able to deliver these three sites. And it's really exciting in Wales. Obviously, we've um, collaborated with Bangor University School of Ocean Science to deliver the project locally and worked with Maria to basically develop the Wild Oysters Hub for Conway Bay. And yeah, COVID has played a part in terms of delaying us being able to visit the sites. But yeah, it's been really exciting to be able to actually deliver it in these recent weeks. So yeah. Yeah, great. So Maria, with the, with the Bandy University side of things, so obviously I spoke to, to some of your guys that were here last week or the week before and so they kind of volunteer and help along a little bit are they are they on a certain course in university how's it work on that side of things so the volunteers that were helping with deployment so one is a applied student who's carrying out a 
year-long research project within the School of Ocean Sciences. Um, so she was keen to like take part in some field work because, of course, with COVID, not been able to get much. And then we also have master's students that we're also assisting. So they're actually completing their master's research projects, working on the Wild Oysters project. So researching certain research questions, whether that's to do with sort of how the nurseries provide sort of shelter and facilitate other species as well, like small juvenile fish and things. So they'll be monitoring that as well. Cool, cool. That's amazing. So obviously for people listening, oysters, we all kind of know and love for for kind of the food. I used to hate them as a little kid. I, I just remember tasting one for the first time and it was horrible. And I think I've not tried one since, but I kind of with you guys being here and, You've obviously got a website and things like that now, haven't you? So I've been reading up and they're amazing species, aren't they? They give the planet so much. And I, I don't know if you just want to delve into that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone kind of remembers their first. Well, having said that, I actually haven't eaten an oyster. But um, I, whenever I do talk to people about eating them, everyone seems to remember their different experiences. And it seems yeah. like it's a differing experience for many different people. But yeah, I think through this project, we've got the exciting opportunity to basically kind of talk about all the other benefits that oysters provide us with. And, and I like to say that although they're kind of small in size, they're capable of making some big changes in our marine environment. So a single oyster can filter up to 200 litres of water per day. And we've put 1,300 of them in Conway Bay and they'll be kind of working away and filtering the water and hopefully cleaning up the coastal water in the nearby proximity. But also the way that the project's been designed by lowering these nurseries underneath pontoons it also provides a kind of space for other biodiversity to interact with our oysters in the nurseries so in the coming months maria will be heading down to the pontoons again to check up on them and when she does that she'll be able to see all the kind of associated biodiversity and range of different um, species that will interact with the nurseries as well brilliant no it's, it's quite nice to like kind of look outside the office here and, and look at kind of just where the oysters will be sitting and kind of just doing their work through and it's nice to obviously see them back here at Conway where they once were once upon a time weren't they so is that kind of the reason why you picked Conway Marina can you kind of delve into that side yeah so when well because the Wild Oysters project it was you know they wanted a site in Wales Scotland and in England so when looking for a Welsh site it was quite good because Bang University have done a lot of work a lot of research um in the River Conway so that information was really vital in understanding the local ecology and understanding that local environment can support native oysters and is suitable for them and then also I've carried out research looking into the history of oyster fisheries native oyster fisheries in Wales and there were some productive oyster beds in the Menai Street um, near Carnarvon off Puffin Island and also around Anglesey and Ross Collin and also by Cladden Island as well but um, those productive beds were active in the 1800s so quite a long time ago so people don't tend to remember but it, it dates way back because they also found some oyster shells on the Great Orme dating back to the Neolithic and Stone Age so that's about 12,000 years ago so oysters were in the area and quite abundant as well so it is quite exciting to be able to reintroduce this lost species into Conway Bay. Oh no way I didn't realise it like went back that far that's amazing. No, it's great. It's like, I love the fact that native species are being brought back in certain areas of the world and they're being protected more and things like that. We've got another thing that's happening here at Conway Marina where they're actually going to test the water and things like that and see kind of if non-native species are in the water and things like this. And 
No, it's great that they're being reintroduced. Obviously, most people know Conway for, for the muscles and the industry that that brings here. And uh, I rightly agree with that. They're really cool. But it's so good to see to see oysters coming back and kind of thank you for that. Obviously, thank you for post yeah. and things like that. To, to no, back. it's really interesting because like you've got the local mussel fishery, but it was actually the fishers that initially approached the university to sort of inquire about having native oysters in Conway and to sort of diversify their fishery and how they remember their ancestors originally fishing like a mix of oysters and mussels and whether it was still feasible. So it was all really quite nice how it all came together. And now we've, we're working with like local stakeholders and engaging with these um, different people. And yeah, we've got oysters back in Conway. <laughs> oh, brilliant. That's amazing. I didn't know about the fishery side of things. That's great. Yeah, so obviously installing the, the oysters and things like that. So you were down here, it must have been about two weeks ago, mustn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Time's flying at the moment. So kind of what happened to begin with? So obviously you had somebody installing the cages and then things like that. Is that what happened? Yeah, absolutely. So the project has a few different phases. So we're in the phase one of the project, which was basically getting all the infrastructure in place to kind of house the nurseries underneath Marina Pontoon. So we work with local contractors in the local area to basically provide that really neat hatch that we have along the pontoon structure and then also work with a different company to develop the kind of housing structure for the oysters themselves. So that took quite a lot of planning. So the project did start in June last year and it's taken a lot of work to kind of work with with those stakeholders but also kind of competent authorities and getting the right permissions and licenses to be able to do the work so it's been a lot of kind of work in the planning to get to this stage of getting the oysters in and we've yeah like I mentioned we've done this in in Wales and northeast England and we're just kind of waiting to get our final oysters in Firth of Clyde and once that's done we'll have put 4,000 oysters into the sea around the UK at this first stage of the project. And then looking forward, our second stage is basically trying to restore the seabed. So the oysters in their new homes will be releasing larvae over the summer months and they'll follow the kind of hydrodynamics of the water and then eventually find a place to settle on that seabed. And that's what we're trying to do in terms of restoring the wild populations of native oysters. And that's the kind of second stage of the project that we're currently working on, gathering as much information together to try and understand where they'll end up and kind of restore that area of the seabed as well. Ah, cool. Yeah. So I was going to ask some questions about the oysters so when the the larvae is produced or whatever then the corin obviously takes the larvae out and then that's when it will kind of maybe sit in Conway River might go out into the Great Orm area and things like that is that basically what will happen from an oysters growing point of view yeah so the you get male and female oysters so they will release their gametes into the water and they fertilize into the water and become larvae which then are passive in the water column so are transported by the currents, the tides and the wind. And then after about seven to 10 days, when their energy reserves that they would have got in the yolk are running low, they then will fall to the bottom of the seabed and start bouncing along the seabed and using their foot to try and find suitable substrates. So it's usually like a other oysters or oyster shell, but other shelly substrate is suitable. That sort of calcium carbonate um, is what they prefer. And then they'll fix themselves onto that substrate. And then that's where they'll grow for the rest of their lives. That is mad. That's like evolution yeah. at its like proudest moment, that isn't it? That's mad. Yeah. So that's why, obviously, that's, I assume that's why they kind of get on well with muscles, shall we say? 
as a as a friendly species is that can they latch on to mussels is that when they grow together is that happen it has been reported in other parts of europe they're sort of like them growing next to one another um as they're both filter feeders and they both sort of live in the sort of similar intertidal subtidal zone uh on the seabed but yeah tends to oysters tend to sort of group together and that's when you find these sort of like they can form these complex structures as each year on year more and more oyster larvae will settle on top of one another and then hopefully form these like complex oyster reef habitat oh cool wow so, it's such an amazing species it's like i never knew about oysters before talking to you guys really quite fascinating for me i probably geek out about it i think now yeah so in terms of people listening, keeping up to date with what's going on, obviously, I think you, you set a website up or there's a website live now, is there, and things like that. Can you tell people how to kind of track it? Absolutely, yeah. So we launched our website a few weeks ago, and you can find the website either by searching Wild Oysters Project on Google, or you can find it on wild-oysters.org. And there's on that page, there's a um, dedicated page for the Conway Bay site. So you'll be able to find more information about that site there. We're also on all of the social media channels. So on the website, you can click through to the social media pages. So we're on Twitter, Instagram, and also have a, a closed Facebook group for, for volunteers as well. So yeah, we, we post quite regularly and kind of keeping people up to date with the progress of the project as well. Cool. So you mentioned volunteering. So can people volunteer? Does it open at some point? That kind of stuff. Can you do that? Yes. So now the oysters are in the water. So that's when sort of the, <laughs> the hard work begins. So I'll be carrying out monthly monitoring of the oysters, checking that they're all settling in well, um, and also monitoring what other animals are interacting with those uh, nurseries. So to do that, we're hoping to train up a team of volunteers um, through our citizen science program. So and we'll also have be arranging school visits as well and and just get the kids all involved and learning about their local marine environment. So if anyone is interested in volunteering or to arrange a school visit, they're able to email us on wild.oysters at zsl.org and just put in the subject line Conway Bay and just write a little bit about what you'd be interested in getting involved with and Myself or Celine will get back to you. Oh, that's brilliant. I'll be saying up with the kids, I think, just pretending to be one of the kids, just going, yeah, I want to go about Right, so obviously you've, you've been here at Conway Marine the past few weeks and stuff, so what's your impression been of it is it you kind of felt at home a little bit how's it been absolutely it feels like from the moment we've got in touch with the marina everyone's been really facilitative and trying to encourage and support the project as much as possible and i suppose at the very beginning you know when we were planning the project we were looking for british marine member marinas through our kind of contact there and this site came up as a really nice opportunity to engage and then kind of coming down and visit it obviously it's a, a lovely marina it's a gorgeous site it's probably one of the the best looking uh, marinas that we're working with as part of the project um so it was a really great opportunity to engage the marina and i know that maria has enjoyed coming down to the marina site as well yeah no everyone's been really accommodating and they just can't do enough <laughs> whenever i have a question or a query there's always like a team of yeah, your team down in Conway Marina are always keen to help and are really enthusiastic to get involved as well, which is brilliant because 
you know that's what you need for a project like this to succeed definitely absolutely and just to add to that as well with with the project a kind of key group of stakeholders we're wanting to engage with were were the kind of marine industry and reaching a different kind of group of stakeholders to who we usually engage with through kind of traditional kind of um, conservation festivals or that kind of thing so i think it's provided us with a really unique opportunity to engage with the birth holders at the marina and you know every time i've been there and i'm sure maria would say the same the birth holders always very curious and asking lots of questions and when you start talking about the project you can see they're very interested so I, I, ha I have a feeling that we might have some engagement from them and people signing up and that's exactly what we want to happen Definitely. no it's, it's quite it's quite funny as soon as you guys left the amount of people that have been asking and they're, they're quite excited and things like that and they're, they're so curious to see what's going on because uh, we haven't had something like this for a while and uh, even for the staff it was quite Quite nice to see you guys doing the work in in the yard here and just watching you scrub all those oysters was uh, was entertaining to be honest. Yeah, no, I wish people had seen it. Obviously, the the COVID rules at the time, the border was closed and stuff like that, so people didn't really see much of it going on, and it's a shame, really. But you know, there's there's a lot of photos and videos and stuff like that which will be coming out in the media outlets have already put out and things like that people can look at. But yeah, we may as well finish off there, but. I've got some rubbish jokes for you. Are you ready about oysters? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so my oyster used to be really shy. Then one day he came out of his shell. <laughs> right. The, the next one is good as well. What's made of chocolate has a shell and lives at the bottom of the sea. An oyster egg. Oh, I like that oh, one. Topical. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> I like it. Um, and then the last one. Did you hear about the lazy oyster? It wouldn't move a muscle. I love it. There you go. Again, very topical to come with. Exactly. You can take them away with you and use them as much as you want. Um, yeah. But no, thank you very much for, for doing this. And thank you very much for choosing Conway Marina. And we're all really excited. And obviously, I'm sure I'll see Maria here and there and maybe you as well, Celine. So yeah, thanks again. And if anyone wants to know more and things like that, they can visit your website and obviously just give it. Uh, give wild oyster projects a google and you've got a twitter page as well which you update quite a lot and things like that so yeah you'll find them online and yeah thank you cheers absolutely thank, yeah. thank, thank you. you thanks conway marina as well for having us providing us with a space for the project it's it's couldn't be possible without the marina so thanks for us thank you cheers thank you. to find out more about the wild oyster project and any other sustainability initiatives boat folk are involved with you can visit www.boatfolk.co.uk I hope you enjoyed this episode of Folktales and join us for the next episode soon.